This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the besotted Pride of West London weekend review podcast. And we're coming to you not too long after the Burnley game, actually. It's probably not too long after we've got back from the Burnley game because it's taken us so long to get back from Burnley. Like, you know, we sort of came back at two winks and then we've come back straight into the studio. And we're actually recording straight away. And it's probably quite good that, you know, the clocks went back. So it's given us an extra hour of kippage. So we've only had about an hour and a half of kippage instead of half an hour. But I'm Billy Grant. And I'm sitting here in the virtual joint. We've been chums. We've got Laney in the house. Laney, how are you? Yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, it's a bloody long way up to East Lancashire. And uh, yeah, um, come away with uh, zero point is uh, a bit of a ball ache, as you rightly said. So yeah, um, lots, to, lots to talk about again today. That's right, lots to talk about. Nil point, I think the word is Laney, nil point, I think. You know, Brexit hasn't changed anything. We still get nil point. We've got Dutchman in the house. Dutchman, how are you? I'm very well, thanks, Billy. Um, also grateful for an extra hour in bed. Um, although uh, we did get a car back, so not quite the shenanigans that you guys had. But um, yeah, lots to talk about yesterday. Um, probably best to do it today rather than yesterday as well, I think. So looking forward to that. Looking forward to it. So this is the Weekend Review Podcast. We go through the game. We go through lots of different areas. We've got lots of little different sort of sections that we talk about. We talk about them very briefly, and then we discuss them in a little bit more detail, some of them, not all of them, on the Thursday podcast, which is going to be the Norwich podcast. Check that out on prideofwest.london. Also, I'll say to you, don't forget to check out the uh, post-match podcast after the Burnley game, which contains Brentford and Burnley fans as well. Very fair views. Even the Burnley fans said, to be fair, you Brentford fans, tip your hat to you. You've actually been very fair. Check it out, prideofwest.london. Actually, it's about half an hour there of people just saying exactly what they think immediately after the game. I was even chasing after people in, in traffic queues and everything like that, as you do. But anyway, listen, weekend review. I'm going to ask you straight away, Laney, what was your main takeaways from that game? My main takeaway is that um, we kind of feared it, that if you're not at your best in this division, you're going to get spanked. Um, and we, we did. We, we, we did. And uh, I didn't expect it to be against Burnley. I didn't, th- I didn't expect it to be them, the ones that taught us a lesson. Um, but that's exactly what we were taught yesterday, that if our players aren't focused, if we don't get our game plan right, if we're sub 
optimum in terms of strength and energy levels, uh, you're going to get turned over. Um, and it could have been pretty much anything yesterday. Um, Half time came, um, and you know we were able to re- regroup. So, yeah, I think it was that we always knew we were going to get a lesson, um, and we got one yesterday. Why do you think it was, Lainey? I mean, I know a lot of people have spoken on it on the post-match podcast. Definitely check that out because there's lots of very interesting views in there. But why do you think it was that we just literally just weren't at our best? Um, there's, the, there's, the, there's the factual ones that, the, that we were missing players um, that contributed for our incredible start to the season. You know, and but the silver lining was Yanel was on the bench and Boimo was on the bench, so there's there's sort of uh, some hope there. It's not like they're going to be long termers by the by the looks of it. Um, the the kind of conspiracy theorist in me, well, not that there is one, but the, the the theory that I'm kind of mulling over is that they the players did, didn't seem comfortable with without David Raya there. Um, so, something had fundamentally changed, um, and it looked like the the, the, the rear guard, our defence, were like bickering, um, which we hadn't seen. There was a few moments where there was there was words, um, and obviously you know you need to kind of give each other, um, you know the players they need to give one another a g up um, if things aren't going right. But they they looked a bit disharmony. Um, they didn't look organised. Um, maybe we need a game or two to readjust to Raya not being there. Um, you know, we, we're not going to get it right every week. And, you know, we, we saw some real topsy-turvy results in the division, which we'll talk about later on. But I, I think, yeah, a, a mixture of not having our best players, um, not being on our A game. Um, and then uh, I just think we were just literally, uh, I just, it, it seemed that we weren't a team yesterday. The Dutchman. Yeah, I think Lenny said it all really there. It was um, the day all those cliches came home about um, not not performing, no easy games, um, and how much we miss Raya as a, as a unit, you know, and, it, and it's easy to blame the replacement, but he didn't do an awful lot wrong other than be himself. Um, but it, he's not Raya. Um, and, and I thought, my, my, my takeaway was, I thought that the defence let him down, actually. I thought everyone's expecting him to adjust and him to be the one who steps up and... and change his way of playing to fit in with, with the style that we're used to. And I, I thought yesterday it was it was the time for our defence to help him. And I don't think they gave him any help at all. Uh, and I thought that was disappointing. Um, but, you know, Burnley away isn't easy. And they're, they're, they're the cliches, aren't they? If we think we're going to go to Burnley away and Newcastle away and just storm it uh, and come back with points, then, then we're wrong. Um, anyone can beat anyone. Cliche number 63 already. And uh, we we got to pick ourselves up and and, and and go. And I'm you know I, I'm sure that we will. And watching Frank's interview afterwards kind of fills me back with hope. He realizes all the things that we realize and saw all the same things that we saw uh, and more. I'm sure. And you know it, it doesn't fill me with any less confidence that we'll be fine. And, and for me, I mean, my main takeaways are you've already mentioned the fact that you know Ray has changed the game. You know, and the fact that Ray is instrumental part to our team so you know won't go about that much more as well and the fact that Brian not inside the side which means that you know and this is not having to go at any players and especially not having to go at players like Force as well but there's a definite def- definite difference in dynamic there so there's a there's lots of changes in one time which has obviously affected the team the one main takeaway that I had actually is that Burnley is really far 
Bernie, I mean, listen, <laughs> I was really excited about going to this game, as you know, and we got on the train and Bernie is really far anyway, but Bernie's really far if you have to get bus replacement <laughs> service and train replacement services. And it was good fun. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Like I said, look, good fun getting up there, but my God, is it far and getting back from that place, especially when you have decided to let in a goal after two minutes, it's even further. So that's my main takeaway from that as well. And I, I suppose my other main takeaway is, and again, this is no rocket science, that early goal, it, it kills it. It can kill it. And especially when you've got players who are either not on form or they're not, they're, they're not on it. That, you get an early goal, it kills everything. And for us, not for Burnley, Burnley are very happy. So um, yeah, that, that killed it for me. Marks out of 10, Laney. Um, well, it's going to have to be low, really, isn't it? I mean, you know, there were there were plus points, but not very many. I'm going to give it a four out of ten. Dutchman, uh, in terms of a game, four. In terms of a day out, six. No, but the day out, we'll talk about that later. The game, the game itself is four. Uh, and for me, I'm going to give it a two. Actually, and uh, again, this is no just. If I was a Burnley fan, I'd probably be giving it a lot more, but I'm going to give it a two because that is just as far as we're concerned. As a match itself, you know, for a neutral, you'd probably actually give that about an eight, actually, because it was actually quite exciting. But as a, as a Brentford fan and everything, it's just horrible. So, you know, I'm going to give that a two out of ten for that one. So, but listen, you know, we've given our main takeaways, but we also like to speak to the opposition, as you know. And we've got Natalie Bromley from the No Nay Never podcast. She was on the preview podcast on Thursday as well. Brilliant, actually, gave a brilliant preview that she did for the game as well. Well, sort of kind of really heartfelt uh, view as well from, as a, from a real football fan's point of view. So Natalie's wicked. She's come back on and she's giving her main takeaways for this match. Hi, Brentford fans. It's Natalie Bromley here again from the None and Ever podcast here for a debrief following yesterday's game at Turf Moor. Um, I'm sorry. You ran into us at the worst possible time. I think you play us two weeks ago and you win that game. Um, you met us at Turf Moor at a stage in our season where we'd finally found fitness, we'd finally found sharpness. Takes us usually about nine or ten games to get to that point. And I think probably following the Southampton result and the midweek game against Spurs, albeit that was the cup, but you'd also run into us at the, run into us at the point where mentally we realise that we really need to get our act together otherwise we're in terrible terrible danger this season um, and everything fell into place I thought the job was done in the first half I'm not going to dwell too much on the second half because I just don't think that's necessary uh, you go into a second half of a game 3-0 up at home and you don't you know I think the correct the correct the optimal approach in a game then is to rest to not go hell for leather, not to risk injuries, not to burn these players out so early in the season, um, just to essentially just keep game management and, and keep going. And that's exactly what we did. Um, first half, I thought we were electric. We were creative. We were direct. We pressed high and everybody knew the drill. Um, everybody knew what they needed to do and you couldn't cope with us. Um, and it could have been four, possibly five Still think there was a penalty, I think, in that first half. I, I hate the offside decision, but, you know, let's not worry about that. And, and, and actually, Brentford fans, let me stress this. The only reason why I hate it is that we were told specifically this season that marginal decisions like that would be always given in favour of the striker. Um, 
except not when it when it comes to us clearly um so that's the frustration thing it, it's consistency again of decisions and it's consistency of um approach but uh, i also thought there was a very strong penalty shout as well for the push on was it corny i think um and again not I don't necessarily always want penalties to be given for those, but again, for consistency, they're given to other teams and they are given across the league and certainly against us, and I'm sure they'll be given against you at times as well. Um, So match report for me from the Claret's perspective, match score, 10 out of 10 for me. How can I possibly say anything less? Um, Fairness, I'd probably say 9.5 out of 10. I'm only not giving it... 10 out of 10 because I question the VAR um, approach and I question the penalty approach but mainly in the interests of consistency for the Premier League not in terms of individual application um, so setback for you but it's only a minor setback three games now that you've lost back to back in the league you'll get back on track still think you'll stay up this season um, and look forward to seeing you again next year so there was Natalie Bromley from uh, the Burnley podcast so let's move on uh, the Brentford Eye-catcher, Laney. Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> um, Saman Godos, that's, that's all I can say. You know, he, he came on to make a kind of a, a substitution appearance uh, midway through the second half and he, he added he added some kind of spark in the middle. So, yeah, on an afternoon really where there was little real positives in, in any position. Canos played all right, but I think Godos, Godos was, the, was the Brentford man that came out of that with, with most credit. He scored a great goal. Um, I wouldn't say he gave us a glimmer of hope, but it, it, with with ten minutes to go, there was there was you know a, a miracle was 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 on the you know was was possible, but it just obviously didn't materialise. Uh, Bernie were wasting time even in the first half, so there was no way we were going to get back to three hill uh, by hook or by crook. They were going to wind that clock down. So yeah, Saman Godos. Okay, so and give us marks out of ten for Godos. Uh, seven out of ten. Okay. Uh, the Dutchman. Yeah, no-brainer. Godos, the only one really I could give more than four out of ten to, I think. Um, yeah, now, a couple of bright moments, but I'll go with Godos and I'll give him a, a six and plus one for the goal, seven. Yeah. Okay, so he's got a seven out of ten, and for me, I mean, it's got to be Godos because, again, it's a case of, you know, um, Brentford players were... I mean, we talk about this just quickly because we're talking about Brentford eye-catchers. This has been the first game where, you know pretty much everybody has been quite bad. I mean, we, we, we look at sort of whoscored.com sometimes, and I think that other than Godos, and uh, and Godos, and uh, I can't remember the other player, um, I think it might be Norgard, I'll have a, have a look at that, but other than them, every Brentford player got a score which was worse than the worst Burnley player. So basically, the, player, the Burnley player that Ooh. got the lowest score, all the Brentford players, bar two, got worse scores than them which I kind of think goes to kind of show where we were at that day. And I'm saying this as well, not taken away from Burnley and what they did, because I thought they were very good. Um, we were also very bad. So I've got Godos on there. I'm actually going to give Godos, uh, I'm going to give him 5 out of 10. Actually, I'm going to give him 6 out of 10 because he scored a really good goal. Technically, that was a fantastic goal that he scored. I didn't, well, I'll talk, about, I'll talk about my seeing of that goal a little bit later. But yeah, I'm going to give him 6 out of 10. Moving on. The opposition danger person. I'm going to go for you, the Dutchman. Who's the opposition danger person? 
Yeah, I thought the the new signing Corne was excellent throughout. Um, I didn't know too much about him, but I understand he's been good in all their games so far and been their star player. And there was little touches of quality yesterday for him throughout and the way he linked up with the, the front men and he scored a cracking goal. So I think without a doubt, um, Corne for me. Okay, and what are you going to give Corne? Eight. Eight, yeah, uh, we're going to be like parrots opposition. today. I think. I think Corne again. Um, I, I, as I was walking into the ground, I was, there was one of those old-fashioned uh, scarfs and badge sellers opposite uh, Turf Moor, and I, and I kind of stopped, and, uh, and there was they were selling Corne scarfs, and I thought, ah, he's obviously quite good if they actually made scarves. And then in, in the miners' club before, they were talking about him as well. So, yeah, he's, he's, he's obviously season his season his uh, moment in the top flight. So yeah, Corne, what a great goal! Made it three three nil, brilliant. And score pred- um, no, not score prediction. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'd give him a give him a seven. For me, I'm actually going to go different. I'm not going to parrot myself up, but I think that Corne was very good, and he caused us lots of problems. Uh, but I think I'm actually going to give it to Woods up front, just because um, we've known him for ages. I, I, I'm pretty sure he was in the Burnley side when we, well, it was he the Leeds side actually, you know, back in the day. Then he went from Leeds to Burnley and we were a little bit like, mm, Woods, you know, is he is he really that good? And he kind of didn't sort of set the place to light. And he's like one of those strikers who are like, mm, whatever. But I thought that he kind of gave us a bit of a runaround actually uh, yesterday. And I thought he was actually quite good. And uh, Goodwoods. So, uh, and it's a bit annoying actually because, uh, yeah, I mean, no, no one's really been talking about Woods as of late as being a, a player that you should look out for. And even the Burnley fans haven't been overly impressed by him. But I thought that he was, uh, well, him, Cornet, you know, I mean, a lot of their players were just, you know, the way they moved the ball around, the way that he bullied us, the way that he was just, he played the game. I thought he was good. So I'm going to give mine to Woods and I'm going to actually going to give him an eight out of 10. And I think I'm giving him an eight a little bit more as well just because I, I didn't think. He was Goodwoods. I thought he was Badwoods, but he was actually Goodwoods. So there you, so there you go. Um, stinker of the match. There's always a stinker in the game. And I'm going to ask you guys, what was your stinker of the match? Lady. I am going to not dig out any of the Brentford players because I think they are allowed to have an off day now and again. What I am going to give my stinker to is the little shit bags that were to our left, the Burnley fans that just spent the whole game digging out Brentford fans and um, uh, just really, it was out of order. It was a thin dividing line of segregation and they obviously love it there. They can just wind up and they can abuse and they can throw things. It was a Brentford fan being led away with blood pouring down the side of his head. Gush, gush, as they say. Um, and um, obviously the coins were coming over as well from the Burnley fans. They were standing on, standing up, weren't even looking at the game. They were just spitting and abusing Brentford fans that had the misfortune just to be getting a, a ticket that was 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 next to them you, we wouldn't have known it could have been us we could have been next to them unable to move I thought it was completely and utterly out of order and the Burnley stewards have to do that it is, we don't travel there no one travels there to get that abuse it's out of order so that's my stinker and out of 10 out of 10 10 out of 10 
10. Okay, I heard there's a couple of Burnley fans, a couple of Brentford fans as well, quite young Brentford fans who actually left at half-time because of the abuse they're getting. They were young, they were like sort of kind of 8 and 12 or something like that. And I think their parents said, look, we're out of here and they, they had to go because it was quite bad. And listen, we're all for, you know, you sort of sit down there thinking, listen, we're all for banter, we're all for having a laugh, we're all for chanting, all this kind of stuff. I've even said that, you know, maybe if the away end was closer to the West Stand, and we've talked about this, that maybe there might be a bit, you know, we, we, we've got a vibe anyway, you know what I'm saying? But it's quite interesting because we said we can't hear the, the away fans where we are. And maybe if they were closer to us in that other corner, there'd be actually even more interaction and even more vibes. But I think part of the problem was the sort of six inch dividing line between the Brentford fans and the Burnley fans. It was so small, like ridiculous. You were literally in the Burnley end and, and they were just definitely giving it large, weren't they? Yeah, and I, I, it's, it's not about you know it's not about atmosphere or, or vibe. It's just abuse. And they were they were singing. You know, if they're young fans, they were, you could hear them singing. You're going to cry in a minute. You know, it was they were obviously upsetting people, and it's it, it is wrong on every level. And it's it, it the stewards have to chuck those people out. It it, it can be resolved really quickly. Um, and obviously. They, they don't really give a monkeys about it. Yeah, I don't want to pick on no, fans either, so maybe I'll change my answer. The original one was about the people giving Jensen abuse from start to finish, like he was the only one not performing. Um, so collectively, I'll, I'll give my stinker to the back four, I think, yesterday, uh, as a unit, uh, and it's their kind of obligation to, to help uh, Fernandes in, um, and not really recognising what was going wrong until half-time, uh, making too slow to react and, and to change things and, and up the game and I thought there was a lack of leadership uh, at the back for the first time yesterday and we need to put that right quite quickly mm. uh, Stinker uh, how, how big a stinker is that one? Stinky Mark uh, 9 OK 9 uh, and for me, I mean, I've got the defending down there as a stinker. I've got first minute goal as being a stinker as well. But for me, I'm actually going to say that my stinker of the moment is the fact that it's took me five hours to get up there. You know what I'm saying? And listen, you know, it's all good, you know, before the match and then got inside the game. And it's like I said, Burnley's one of those old fashioned grounds. The terraces make me laugh because obviously you can see they basically should put seats on the old terraces. And the terraces had these massive steps. When you had to climb up, you had to sort of like properly climb up these really huge steps to go up. And when you're coming down, you had to sort of kind of climb down as well. And I sort of went down to, uh, you know, to relieve myself as you were doing the game. And the ball was in action. But as the steps were so huge, they weren't normal steps. I sort of looked down, kept on looking down to make sure I wasn't going to fall over. And as I looked down, it was like, Way! and basically I missed Brentford's only goal of the game, which is Godos. So it wasn't as even though I was out the stand. I missed them actually trying to climb down the massive Burnley steps. So that for me was a sticker of the moment. The fact it took me like nine hours to get up there and back. And I actually missed the only good part or the only good, well, the only good part of the game as far as we were concerned. So anyway, so, <laughs> so I'm going to give myself an 8 out of 10 on a stinking front for that one night, you know. So listen, let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, I'm going to ask you, what was your key moment, the Dutchman? Um, I think I'm going to go with the the second goal that was disallowed by VAR because I think, you know, it's the, probably the first VAR decision that's got in our favour, uh, certainly a big one, and I thought that should have been the catalyst to kind of turn things around and accept we've got away with one. Uh, instead, all it did was galvanise Burnley further and, and put us further on the back foot. Um, yeah, I thought we should have kind of kicked on from there and disappointed that we didn't. So, yeah, that, that's that's my pivotal moment. And Laney, what's your key moment? 
Yeah, well, I was going to say that should have been the, the, the pivotal moment. That should have been the shot in the arm, the kick up the arse, or whatever way you want to look at it, for us to get our, get our game together. But it wasn't. I don't. I think the half-time whistle really. I think that was just a relief, and then the performance in the second half was 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 markedly better. Or whether Burnley had stopped pushing as hard as they were, you know, three 0 up at half-time, game one, you try and get out of that unscathed. So. Uh, yeah, there, there, there was nothing else really on the pitch that was a kind of a turning point or a kind of a moment of, of brilliance that kind of really changed anything. So, yeah, the, the half-time whistle for me. Right, and then we put it out there as well. And B, inside myself on Twitter, said that he felt that, or he or she felt, because you don't know, because he's got a, well, this person's got a logo as a photo, so you don't know if it's a male or female, said that Janelt coming on was the uh, was the key moment for the Bs. For me... The key moment for the bees, and this is just just really wraps up where this game was for me. The key moment was actually the the, 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 the when the referee blew the first whistle. <laughs> as soon as he blew the whistle, it was all over for us, as far as I was concerned. You know, and that was the key moment. Is we could do absolutely nothing about it from the very very first minute. We were all over the place. You can argue the point. I mean, I was thinking about it. it was the key moment the fact that when um, Ivan Tony, you know, the goalkeeper saved that chance from Ivan Tony fairly early on. You know, that's a good shout. That's a good you know? shout. I thought, but maybe, but I thought no, actually, because even if he did, I think the way that we were all over the place, we still would have lost that game. So I don't think it would have actually tipped the game in our favour, even though saying that in the second half, you know, when we did score, the Burnley fans were saying to us, you know, they said it in the post-match podcast, check it, Pride of West dot London. They thought as soon as that goal went in, they thought they're going to mess it up and they, they're going to, they're going to, you know, at least draw, if not lose the game. And it's like 10 minutes to go. So, you know, maybe they saw there was a shift there and maybe the shift in the way that we, you know, if we got a goal, maybe we might have shifted, but I just don't think think so I think we're all over the place I think as soon as that that whistle went it was all over the bees and um and we just got to put our hands up and as we've done and said tell you what you know we've got that out the way we need to make sure that we focus ourselves massively for Norwich and maybe it's done us a favor again Thomas Franks admitted it we've admitted as fans the players must have admitted it and they realize that you know we go against Norwich Norwich is coming to us all their fans are saying listen mate you don't need to do anything to beat us at the moment now if we go in with that attitude which maybe we might have did at Burnley we might have got ourselves completely scuppered so hopefully we're going to come there a little bit more aware a little bit more armed and like I said to you it'll do us a favor so anyway what we need to do is that because we (laughs) look we need to realize that these games don't necessarily go the way that we want them to do all the time and there are positives and there are negatives. So let's roll them into one. Positives, pos- positives and negatives for that game. Uh, Laney. Positives, well, it's really impossible to... to I, okay, the, the positives are that Mbwemo, um and uh, Yenel are kind of back in the mix. Um, we know that they'll probably be uh, uh, in the starting 11 or next Saturday. So uh, looking forward, there's there's glimmers of us getting back to the way we, we were a few weeks ago, um, having that kind of, uh, you know, the team that, um, you know, that we, we want, you know, and getting that attitude, you know, the, the, the weakness has, has been caused by... by, by um, by the, the the absences, uh, it's another week as well to work on getting the goalkeeping and the and the defence kind of on the same hymn sheet. So they're the positives. The negatives are that you know we we were we we have minus two goal difference on where we were, um, and you know goal difference is kind of a good good sort of uh, um, psychological 
uh, advantage for us that we were in positive territory. We don't want to really get start getting negative. Uh, so that's that's it. I mean, there, there really is no there's no there's really no positives that was on the pitch. It's only looking forward and the negatives they speak for themselves. You know, the negatives where everywhere you looked, um, it, it it was just not recognisable from what we've seen. So there you go. That's that's it from me. Uh, the Dutchman. I guess similar, seeing um, those people back on the bench and, and coming on in the case of Yen, it was, it was a massive positive. Um, and <laughs> that's probably about it on the pit. Godos, of course, as well, um, with his cameo and looking like he can play a part. Um, but easier to talk about the negatives, I think. I mean, what worried me about not just the, the back four was the forward pairing, again, didn't seem to work. And we, we keep seeing to try Force and Tony up there as a twosome. And, you know, it, it hasn't really worked yet. And you can't quite see how it will. Um, not really criticising Force. It's just not the way he plays. And it's not not, not his strength. We know what his strength is. He's a finisher and he's, a, he's more of a central player. Um, but in that structure and, and formation that we play you know we need someone who feeds off Tony and gets beyond him or behind him and flicks and that that wasn't force and I think it's um, a bit naive to think that's going to change so I'll, I'll, I'll go with that as the negative that we we kind of perhaps run out of ideas yesterday yeah and, and for me I mean listen we're all in the same boat here you know I think what we realise is that our team our first team and a lot of people have said this our first team is it's sort of kind of almost like picks itself you know, so you've got Yanel and Bumo back, which is a positive, you know, or on their way back, I think, which is a positive. Or Yanel, you know, way back is, is a positive for us. And you see, obviously, with Mbumo out, how much how much he brings to the game, how many times he may hit the crossbar, we can, you know, or the post, we can, we can go on about that as many times as possible. But he brings so much to that game and basically puts the opposition under so many problems. And him and Tony are almost like telepathic, the way they play. And when, and when he's not up there with Tony, it is a very different game for us. So I think the difficulty is that, you know, um, knowing that we are, when our first team is out, we think, you know, we're very excited about that. But when it's changed, we could be a little bit like, oh, okay, what's going on here? Also, the other thing is that, you know, Burnley have shown, obviously, Dyke has worked out how we play and he's come out and um, but, but we were on the ropes for a, for, a lot, for a lot of that game. A lot of that first half, we were on the ropes and he's gone, right, this is what we need to do to them. And, you know, he had been, you know, Canos was on toast certain time, you know, at certain parts of the game, you know, you know, central defence. I mean, the defence was all over the place at times and you sort of think, you know, and this is not disrespecting Burnley. If Burnley do that to us, you know, we've got some good tactical managers out there. Who else is going to take that Burnley DVD or old school DVD or stream, play it in their, you know, coaching sessions and go, this is what we need to do, lads. This is what we need to do about Brentford. So how are we going to cope with that? You know, and also, you know, what else going to, you know, Newcastle, you know, who's going to be their coach next? I've got no idea. Next thing they're going, this is what we need to do. Even, you know, Farker, you're right. Okay, this is what we need to do. So I think we need to make sure as a team, you know, obviously that we kind of sort of snap out of this and uh, and we, we and we fill the gaps, and I think also the, for me as well, it's the negatives is showing that this is not a disrespect to to, to Canos, but again, defensively, I think we need to be on the ball. We know that we need to be on the ball, and you know whether or not Canos is he's a great player, but whether or not we can actually utilize him in another position on the pitch. Not saying that he's not right there, you know. All these questions I think are coming out, and probably from a positive, they're coming out now, so we can deal with them in January. So yeah, quite quite a few negatives there, <laughs> a few positives, glass half full as they say. Um, but let's come and talk about the away day, the fans and the away day and the, the day out. I'm going to go straight to you, the Dutchman, on that one. 
Yeah, I, I miserly gave it a six earlier, and that, that was reflecting the result. But in terms of uh, the day out, I enjoyed it, actually. I thought Burnley was quite quite fun. We found a couple of pubs that were decent, um, good company up in the car. I thought the fans were okay, really, considering that we were 1-0 down after about three seconds. Um, and, and they kept trying, and there was a bit of a lull towards half-time, and then picked up again in the second half. So I thought it was a good experience. You know, what, what's, not, what's not to like about a pub that's £2.20 for a pint? I mean, it's just un- unbelievable. Um, and, and I enjoyed it, and it was a surprising one. It was one of those I wasn't expecting to be a, a good one, but thanks to the, the, the company that, that, that we keep when we go to these games, it was, it was good. Did you give it a mark out of 10? Was it 6, did you say? What did you say? No, I think I think was stingy with a 6 early when I was reflecting the match in there. If we're talking about the experience itself, I'm, I'm, I'm an 8. 8, OK. That's cool. Elaney? Uh, really good trip up banter-wise in the car and on the, on the way back. Uh, the traffic was shocking. The weather was shocking. Uh, we went to the Miners' Club and we had hot bennies which was that benedictine stuff they drink up there uh, we did immerse ourselves in with the locals um, so that's always good i thought the brentford support was excellent in terms of numbers and spirit considering um, so pat yourselves on the back everyone for for getting up there it wasn't easy it's never easy getting there and particularly yesterday it was it was a stinker uh, and watching the co- you know overtaking the coaches on the way back on the on the motorway, it showed you you know what a grueling day out it was for everyone to be rewarded with nothing. So yeah, all in all, um, an okay day. We made the most of it, but for me, five out of ten. Yeah. Okay. And for me, again, it's uh, it's a, it's, a, it's a hard one this one because what's happened is that when you do these big away days, it. The the score is sometimes it also score dependent as well. And going up, I mean, the journey up was great. You know, getting up there, going there early, you've got the anticipation, meeting the Chelsea fans, you know, at at Kings Cross Station, have a bit of banter with them, you know, and a few other fans as well at Kings Cross Station. You know, Brentford, they're all tipping their hats to us, to be fair, you know. Um, you know the Chelsea fans on the train. You know watching the draw. Actually, it was it was great going up the way. We 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 went up on the train to Leeds. Then we got to Hebden Bridge. Beautiful place, Hebden. But because of the bus replacement, it's a bit of a gutter because we were going to stop off in Hebden for a couple of hours, have a few drinks, and then go across. But we couldn't because we had to shoot across. We thought we'll get there after the game instead. So we took the bus through Hebden and we went across the Pennines, and it was a beautiful journey. It was great. Loads of bees on the bus replacement as well, so we had a good sing song over that. So that was all good. We went to we decided to go to the cricket ground before the match as well don't normally do the sort of kind of designated awake uh, pub but the thing about it is with Burnley's too many places all over the place we had kids with us and stuff so we gave them the ball so they were playing football on the pitch right right in the light of the Burnley stadium as well so the kids were playing football you know we were having a few beers and and it was outside but then it started to rain as well and the cricket grounds great if it doesn't rain but all of a sudden it starts to rain so you find yourself inside outside so it was kind of all right in the game, I think the, the fans were, I thought, 2,000 fans there. Again, brilliant. You know, atmosphere is good. We talked about the Burnley fans. Not going to talk about that again. But the one, the goal in the first minute killed it. Just killed it for you as a vibe. And, the, you know, three goals in the first half. It's going to kill it as an away day. As much as you tried to have a little bit of a laugh on that one, it really did kill it, you know. And then after that, getting back, when you're in a bit of a downer, you know, you've got to get back. You're on a bus replacement. If it wasn't a bus if, if we'd gone 3-0 and we won 3-0, It'd been a brilliant on the way home. You didn't really care. Everyone's having the right laugh, but the 3-0 and the early goals really killed it. So it did make it quite painful on the way home, but it's one of those things that you can't predict because if we'd won, it would have been a brilliant journey on the way home. I had all sorts of stuff in the pockets, quizzes and everything like that for the, for the train on the way back, as you do, you know, loads of beers, but it didn't quite work out. So for me, I'm giving it as an away day, 
This is not a disrespect to Burnley, but it's the experience of the day. I'm actually going to give it like a three just because, you know, Burnley was laughing because they said, yeah, but we did it. That early goal really killed it for us. And, uh, and also the bus replacement didn't really help on the way back. So listen, the fairness, we need to find out the fairness of this game, guys. What do you think, you know, Infogol has a weekly fairness score that they put and, you know, 100 is 100% fair and, you know, naught is obviously 0% very unfair. You know, the Chelsea game was 31%, you know, on the fairness rating when, you know, we hammered Chelsea and they got a 1-0 win. So that was 30% on the fairness, 31% on the fairness rating. What do you give this one on the fairness front, Laney? It was very fair. Absolutely no quibbles. Uh, 90 plus percent in fairness. I don't exactly know how you, how they, how they, uh, gauge anything between 90 and 100 is it going to be any more fair so yeah between 90 and 100 or you could even go 100 yeah but you've know. gone you've gone I've got 91 91 right so 91 percent ladies and 91 percent the dutchman yeah i think i came in at 95 percent but same as laney it could easily be 100 to be fair um or not fair um yeah well what can you say they've everything the expected goals the way the game panned out it was uh, a fair result Okay, and uh, as you say, expected goals 2.95 to 0.95. And there's an argument to say that that was kind of spot on three to one. Uh, but then looking at that as well, there was four. I mean, B's best chance was Godos. 15% chance, um, you know, the goal that he, so it's the, the, sorry, no, Godos is 11%, the goal that he scored actually. So one in 10 roughly would have gone in the back of the net. So a very well taken goal, that one. Our best chance was actually 15%. I'm not quite sure who that was. I think it might have been Tony, you know, but that was actually 15%. So still, that was our biggest chance. Whereas Bourne, Burnley actually had four chance, four shots, which were over 40%. So basically four shots, which is four in 10, which from, 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 a, from an XG level, that is actually quite a big chance. You know, so they had four of those and, they, and then they had another one, which is about 35 as well. So there's, a, there's an argument to say that it could have been about five. You know, you think about the goal that was disallowed, that probably wasn't, wasn't part of them stats as well. Uh, the VAR goal and, and, and another one, you know, you, you're talking about five. So if you're talking about fairness rating, actually, you know, there's Burnley fans that probably could have argued actually 3-1. Fairness would have been 5-1. You know, so and I would have probably said actually, I'll probably give you that. So from a fairness rating, I, I actually put ninety-seven percent actually. So I've given it, and the Nat as well as you heard, she's given it ninety-five percent as well, very similar to you. So I think we're all in the same manner. And uh, Infocult has actually given it as a ninety-nine percent. I've never seen a ninety-nine percent, but they're probably saying it's probably as fair as it goes with these ones. So ninety-nine uh, percent on the fairness rating, and I think that's a. Uh, I think that's uh, that's fair enough, actually. And um, hopefully we're never going to see one of those again. So look, let's have a little bit of a re- league recap. OK, so we're at the moment now. We played 10. We've, we've got 12. We're in 12th place. Um, we're five points off. Uh, we're five points off sixth place, which is Arsenal. Um, and we're five points off 17th place, which is Burnley. You know, so it kind of goes to show you where we are. We're sort of kind of stuck right there in the middle. And, uh, you know, and we've got uh, 12 points as well. So, uh, you know, we're at the stage where we need to pick a few things up. We've got Wolves, Everton, Spurs uh, and Leicester above us. I think we've got Villa, Saints and Palace below us. In the Justice League, I don't even know where we're on the Justice League, actually. I think we're fourth or something like that. But, you know, but it doesn't really matter. But Infogol actually predict us as being 15th and 538, interestingly. Last week, they had us down at 11th, their end of season predictions. We're down to 14th now. They predict us to get 47 points. They had 49 points last season. And uh, <laughs> I'm laughing at this. We've got um, 9% chance of relegation now. 
Um, we had 8% last week and we're, we've only got 2% chance of making the, the Champions League now. Um, and that's down from 4%. So, Laney, I think you better stop booking those flights that you were booking. Uh, is, that, is that the way forward? Yeah, yeah. I just got, you just got to take it. On, you know, it's okay to be inconsistent. You know, we, we're gonna we're gonna get it. You know, inconsistent teams in this division are fine. They end up in the middle. Um, we're not we're not going to be shocking every week. We proved that we're, we're not going to. We have to get back on the bike again. We've fallen off yesterday. We need to get back on uh, next weekend against Norwich, and then obviously we've got a, a week a week or two off in which we need to make sure that many of our players get rested as possible. I hope they're not included in the international uh, call-ups, which they're going to, but, you know, um, and then we've got Newcastle. So, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I mean, it's just, it's, it's not great to see. You don't, you don't want to watch it, but, you know, it's, it's inconsistency is, is, is fine. You survive being consistent. You just, you don't survive by being shit every, every week, and we're certainly not that. No, and and, I mean, and Leeds are actually playing today. And if Leeds win their match, then Leeds kind of pop up a few more places as well. I'm just wondering, any I don't know if you looked at any results yesterday, the Dutch win. I mean, for me, it's interesting because obviously having a really, I mean, a five-hour journey back, you know, it's one of those ones where normally after the match, normally after the game, you go straight after the game, record the post-match podcast, go to the pub, and then you kind of switch off. So you don't really see anything, hear anything. And that's why you don't normally kind of hear from us till sort of kind of Sunday afternoon. But having a long journey back, we did a lot of pouring through the sort of the match reports, sort of kind of what other people were saying, because, you know, you're sitting there on the train chatting amongst yourselves and also you're looking at the other results. And I'm just wondering, did any other of the other results kind of sort of kind of give you a little bit of question mark or you, you were talking about that maybe in relation to us, um, the Dutchman? Well, you certainly see that um, there's some shocks yesterday. I mean, Palace uh, being the obvious one. I mean, we, we bumped into quite a few travelling fans at the service stations like you do. Um, that they, they, they were quite happy. It must be said after their result uh, at City and the, the Spurs shocker in the evening. So I think it gives us that confidence, as Laney says, that as long as we play to our usual standards more times than not, then, then we'll be fine. And then, sorry, and you were so basically Palace beat Man City at Man City two 0 and the Spurs shocker was basically what what them losing to Man United at home as well. Yeah, and how badly they lost as well. I mean, my Spurs mates are saying that's it for Nuno. He, they, he can go as far as they're concerned. Um, they can't see where their 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 next win's coming from. So <laughs> it could always be Spurs, kind of. We could, could be worse. Um, what was what was surreal yesterday? So we, we we listened back to you guys after saying goodbye to you at the ground. It was such a long journey that by the time we got home, you'd finished the podcast, put it on air. Um, we'd listened to it and discussed it in the car <laughs> way way before we got back to London, um, which was which was quite fun actually. Yeah, yeah, that's how it's meant to work as well. We, we're meant to be trying to get it down there so that the fans travelling home can actually kind of kind of kind of hear it, which is all good. What, just just quickly, I'm just going to sort of kind of ask a little question here, though. Um, this, I mean, you, you're interesting. You're talking about the Spurs match and them getting battered by you know Man United. We're talking about Man United getting battered by Liverpool. We're talking about there's so many different results that sort of you know Man City getting beaten by Crystal Palace. I mean, we're disappointed that we got beaten by Burnley. There's a lot of people, and there's a, an article by Jim Levac, very good article if you want to check it out, where Jim Levac saying we need to take a reality pill and chill out because all of a sudden the Twitter sphere, as they call it, has gone into meltdown, saying you know how Brentford are terrible and it's like you know uh, you know this is the this is the worst things you know it's just like an absolute disaster you know and we're saying look you know you know we, we need to kind of you know take a reality on where we are at and the fact is that you know we've been playing great for all of this season we've had one bad game and everyone's basically writing the whole thing off now 
we're bound to get that because this is not a disrespect to the younger fans out there. I mean, I met you know, there's a younger fan who is beside us actually who's only started to support them probably in the last you know few years, so maybe five, ten years, who is standing right beside us who had a good chat to in the game yesterday, and he he was totally cool. He hasn't been through the things that we've been through. But I think that, you know, there are some people who realise that, you know, listen, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. And, you you know, you just got to be proud of the team that you're at. And listen, if we lose, we lose on to the next one. Like, you know, so I understand that, you know, but I'm just wondering, does do those results, um, Dutchman, sort of kind of give you a, not a little bit, little bit of hope, but just realise that where we're at at the moment now, we're kind of almost like any other team because, you know, you've got... Liverpool, you know, battering Man United. You've got, you know, Tottenham getting battered. Yeah, we got beaten by Burnley, but Burnley were decent yesterday. I mean, do, do, do you, are you thinking that? Or are you thinking that we're sub, like, you know, you know, um, West Brom were sub, Fulham were sub those years. They were like a team that couldn't beat anybody. But are you just thinking, listen, let's just, 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 just knock this on the head for a little bit and just, you know, just don't worry about it. What do you no, think? No, I think, I think we're comfortable. But you, by the way, you, you can't say battered without saying Fulham, by the way. Yeah, oh, yeah they, they, they get true. battered kind of everywhere they go. Um, yes. But no, absolutely. I, I think we are where we are in this league and I think we'll be absolutely fine. I think, I think the criticism that really annoyed us yesterday with some of the people behind us is that they, you know, instead of just criticising a bad performance or what's happened, they, they question everything about the club. You know, they question the structure and the way we work and you know, the appointments. And you go, hang on, we just had a bad half, really, guys. And we've had, as, as Frank quite eloquently put yesterday we've had 18 good ones so far out of 20 um, and even the one that he said West Ham in the second half um, was poor it was one of the best away games I've ever been to in the second half included that magic moment at the end from Whistler so I think we're perfectly comfortable in this league really and you don't want to lose too many in a row for sure and it's unfortunate that we just clocked up three um, which covered two very very good performances at home against two very good teams um, so I, I think we'll be fine and I think your point is absolutely valid and just quickly just quickly the people that were making those complaints were they older fans or younger fans or a mixture yeah, these these were all slightly older. You know, I, I don't think they were newbies in in any respect. They were just people seem to be harking back to the shit old days of before. You know, and just trying to tell them, mate, just chill and enjoy the moment, enjoy the ride, and you know, there'll be plenty of good times this season as well. And there already has been. Because that's quite strange. Because again, what we've got at the moment now, you seem to have, you know, and this is listen. Everyone's allowed to support the team in the way, but you, what you've got is that you've got the younger fans who have not seen the bad old days, so all they've seen is success. So you get the complaints that come in early, but you also seem to get the older fans that as soon as it seems to go wrong, they seem to use that as an excuse to say that everything is just terrible and and it shouldn't be. Which I find I find quite peculiar, especially when you've been through such a journey as we have to kind of just utilize that one downturn in sort of a kind of 199 upturns and what that one downturn you use that as that moment to actually kind of flog the horse and and, it, and it's and it's you know you've got to look at the results you know you know Watford fans were probably you know high high as a kite last week coming back from uh, Goodison after beating Everton and they lose at home to Southampton they probably they would they would have thought oh right hope we're home we we build on that you know Newcastle again there's no bounce there they're they're they're, they're losing you know Liverpool would absolutely annihilated Man United the week before they let a two goal lead slip against Brighton and Brighton had a goal disallowed at the end Leicester come to our place and they beat us and then they lose at home to Arsenal who we've beaten so you know it, they are all over the place and we are going to be all over the place in our first season here you know three you're right three defeats on the spin not great it but it might be four or it might be five but we're still going to be all right 
you know, because we, the team, the, 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 the spirit isn't going to evaporate. You know, we are go- we're going to win games that we don't deserve. We're going to lose games we don't deserve. And we're going to draw games we should have won or lost. And the points will be all right in the end. So, you know, um, just because you've travelled up to Burnley, there's no guarantee of anything. And I heard a couple of people saying, wasted good money to see this. Well, we all have, you know, in it isn't it, they're not doing it on purpose and I, I know I but they have to put equally they have they have to get that spirit back and they have to try and put it right next week and I you know you've got you've got to get you know based on everything we've seen this season so far is every reason to believe they will so listen Dutchman give us your summing up in a in a short sharp few sentences yeah lesson learned we knew we were going to get a spanking didn't expect it to be yesterday but that can only um, drive us forward and put us in good spirit for Saturday against Norwich where I'm sure the sun will be shining the laney Uh, don't underestimate Norwich either is what I'd say don't underestimate anyone at all Um, everyone's here for a reason everyone's here because they deserve to be um, we've just got to make sure that we're more deserving of the points next week. I, f- I think I think we'll do all right. I think we'll do more than all right. Um, but fair play, fair play to uh, to Burnley. They, um, their team did them proud. Um, ours will do ours proud another week. Okay. And my summing up is that every team has got decent players, and every team's got decent players that can kill you. You know what I'm saying? Whether or not that's Palace, whether or not that's Man City, Man, Man United, Burnley, even Norwich. Okay. So we need to be on the ball. Uh, the summing up is that, yes, as you said earlier, we need to be on the ball 100%. As soon as you switch off, we've seen us switch off in a few games, which has cost us, you know, maybe one goal wins beforehand. You know, you, 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 you know, your Aston Villa, there's a switch off with Bundia. You know, your Brighton, there's a switch off with uh, Trossard. And then that killed us, you know, because we went behind. This time, we, we switched off from the start and they, they, they annihilated us. And I think, like I said, lesson learned from that. And the, the other, I suppose, the summary is Burnley is just really far. And I can't really summarise it any more than that. That is really, really far. And possibly, it's almost like further than Newcastle, because Newcastle with that train, you can get up there and you get that really easily. But Burnley, in a way, psychologically, is a lot further. And I wonder if that affected the players. But anyway, listen, we've had a good chat and it's been good to get this off your chest. This is the Besotted Weekend Review podcast. It's been good for me to sit here and chat with me chums. I've got Laney in the house. Good afternoon. And I've got the Dutchman. Cheers all. That's right, and listen, don't forget to subscribe to Besotted now. If you subscribe, then you'll get our podcast come down to your phone or your laptop or whatever it may be immediately as well. And if you go to iTunes and write us a review, it'll be really, really good. We really love that. Also, go to besotted.com forward slash beer and you can buy us a beer if you want to if you like what we're doing thank you for everybody who supported us thank you for everyone and I keep saying this who keep coming up to us and saying thank you very much what you're doing people that we've never heard before you know young people old people we've been obviously picking up a lot of people a lot of new listeners to this podcast as well which is really great so I really appreciate you coming up there chatting to all the people had a few beers with people in the in the cricket club beforehand as well which is all great you know even Will the spreadsheet winker was down there as well it was his first game of the season so good to have a little drink with him as well so thank you I really appreciate all your support and all you listening to us so thank you very much don't forget we've got another podcast which is going to be on Thursday which is going to record on Wednesday evening we've got Talk Norwich City the Norwich fans who are going to be doing that I'll be doing a piece for them as well so definitely check that out that'll be out on Thursday morning and I, I don't know what else to say actually I, I actually wish you can go back to Burnley so I can go back to Hebden at some stage so maybe look, let's just work that one out how we can do that for next season like you know because it's a very nice area very nice place but well Bill if you Bill, if you're thinking of going out to Burnley the, the Miners Club we were in yesterday um, beers £1.80 a pint 
between 9am and 1pm every day this week. So if you want to get, get, get back up there for 9 o'clock tomorrow morning, yeah, yeah. £1.80 yeah, £1. a pint, buddy. I'll leave now and I'll just about get there, I think, actually. You Bargain. Yeah. Bargain. That's right. So, which is all good. But like I said, this is the Besotted Pride of West.London podcast. And Saturday, Norwich, we've got to turn it back around again. We know that we could do it. We've got a very good side. Listen, as long as we get ourselves focused. But as we say here, it's a Sunday afternoon. Have yourselves all a good Sunday. Have a good Monday, as we say. As we say. Come on, you bees. Come on, you bees. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.